Okay, so what we're going to be doing this week is we're going to start a series called Your Questions, God's Answers. And what we're basically going to do is I've had a few students text me questions, not very many, but a few students have texted me questions in regards to scripture or topics or whatever they'd like to hear about. So tonight we're going to be talking about one thing, and the first week is going to be in regards to Family Matters is what I've titled this week. And this is the very first week. I'll get into it in just a little bit as far as what we're going to be talking about and what we're doing. So these are questions that a student has texted me over the next three or four weeks. We're going to be covering these. I'm going to pick up a topic later on that I want to cover that I think is on everybody's mind too, but nobody's, nobody's asked me about it, but I believe it's out there, and I think it's, a, it's an important topic is what we're going to be talking about. So as always, though, before we get into the message this week, I have a very important question for you in regards to families, okay? So you got to think to yourself, the very first question I want you to talk about at your tables is this. What TV family best represents your family? King of the Hill, Simpsons, Father Knows Best. That would be my house, of course. Father Knows Best because, no, you think? Turn to your tables. Talk about which television show best represents, which TV television show, which family TV television show best represents your family. We'll come back in a minute. Okay, tonight what I'm going to say before I start, <clears throat> I love you guys. I love you guys. You hear me? I love you guys. Because some of you are not going to like the message very much. Because if I'd have been your age and I would have showed up in a room at youth group on tonight and somebody would have told me that God says I need to do what I'm about to teach you and I would have been your age, I'd have told you to take a long walk off a short pier. Because there was no way I would do what I'm going to be talking about tonight. So I want you guys to listen very closely. Okay, and know that I love you. <clears throat> know God loves you. And a lot of you are already doing this, but we'll get into that in just a minute, okay? So the very first thing I want to do tonight is I want to cover the question that we're going to be looking at. Corey, if you'd go to the next slide. Here's the question that I got on text message. What are we biblically told to do for our parents, and what are they told to do for us? Now, the question was asked, and I'm not sure if the student asked this question in a way that I'm going to answer it, but when I saw that question, the very first thing to come to mind for me was, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And I can see Travis sitting over there nodding because he agrees with me on that because it's going to answer that exact question. Biblically, now listen, biblically what are we told? Not what do we want to do, not do we do what we don't want to do, but what's the Bible tell us we're supposed to do for our parents and our parents supposed to do for us? And that's what we're going to cover tonight, okay? <clears throat> so I'm going to read the scripture real quick. If you go to the next one, Corey. I think that should be right, yeah. Children and parents, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 say this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So I'm going to cover a couple things tonight. Two, two points are going to be in regards to what you guys are obligated to do. One is going to be in regards to what the parents are obligated to do. So I'm going to be beating up everybody tonight, including myself, because you guys are going to get a lot of examples on what it looked like for me when I had to do these things before. So the very first point that I got up there is this. Parents are to be heard. <clears throat> but I want to give you some context of what's going on here, Okay. This is what Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians. Later in chapter 6 is where you see the full armor of God because Paul realizes we're in a battle on this. 
but I want you guys to get something here. Because when I was studying this, it kind of struck me, and I never really looked at it from this way. But when I was reading up on this to, to share with you guys tonight, Paul did something very unique here. He wrote this letter while he was in a Roman, under Roman arrest in a house. So he was, a, he was in jail, basically, when he wrote this letter to the Ephesians, okay? <clears throat> but as he's writing this, in this culture, in this day, wives, kids, and slaves were nobodies in this culture. They didn't count for anything. They were discarded. Men were everything in this culture and in this day in Rome and in the Jewish tradition, really. So they were discarded completely. So I want you guys to get this tonight, okay? What Paul is doing here is he's saying, I believe in you guys. When, you, when he wrote this letter, because what would happen was this letter would show up to the Ephesian church and they would all get together like this. And then they, they would read Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now, we got a chapter and verse, but it wasn't chapter and verse. It was a letter to them. And there's children and their wives and their slaves and there's men listening to this letter being read. And this is what Christianity did for people. Christianity elevates the human race. It elevates women. It elevates children. And it elevated slaves to a level that was unusual. So when you hear what Paul says tonight, it's because he believes in you. He wants you to matter within your community. So this is a compliment to the, to the children that you're hearing what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because nobody, I can imagine what the kids had to be thinking. They had to be messing around, you know, doing whatever they were doing. And all of a sudden they hear this word, this thing, children, obey your parents. They're never mentioned anywhere in the community. They're never mentioned anywhere in culture. And all of a sudden Paul says, hey, children, listen up. So I want you guys to, to get Paul's sense of his heart tonight that he wants you guys to know that you matter within the community. Because how you behave and how you respond tonight affects the community. Not just your homes, but the whole culture that you live in. At school and at work and at, at sports and at home. And like I've often told you guys, I really want you I Man, I believe in this so wholeheartedly in my life. I really believe if you're not going to live the Christian life at home, you're going to fail at it in the community. I genuinely believe that. Men, women, and children. If you're not going to be Christians at home, you're going to have a really hard time being a Christian at school. You're going to have a really hard time being a Christian at work. Because the foundation of what God put together, biblically and scripturally, is the foundation is the family. It matters to God how families are organized. In, in today's world, it's a train wreck. Because Satan has done nothing but attack families. So the main thing I want you guys to get tonight is this. When you hear Paul's words, he believes in you. He wants, to, want you, wants you to know you matter. And he wants you to know that you have an impact. Look at me. You have an impact on what goes on at your home. You guys have a direct impact on the attitude in which your, your, your house exists. So I want you guys to hear tonight as I go through this. It makes a difference. The very first thing is parents need to be heard. Verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. If you get nothing else out of tonight, because I know a lot of you guys are already doing this. I know a lot of you are really good kids at home, okay? I know that already. But here's what I want you to know. For this is right, it says. My old saying, which I beat like a drum, is do the right thing for the right reason. I want you guys to be good at home, to obey your parents, because it is right, but do it for the right reason. And the right reason is because it honors God. 
I got to talk about this at FCA just a little bit earlier today, and I, not this topic, but this idea that, so God is calling you to obey your parents, yes? You've got to understand something. God not only calls us to obey our parents, He enables us to obey our parents if we draw from His grace. Again, this is not about you trying harder. This is about you surrendering more. It's about you tonight going, Lord, I can't do that. I've tried to do that, and I can't do it. Because you're trying in your own strength. Now, these principles that we're going over tonight work for non-Christian homes. These principles will work, but someone in a non-Christian home is doing it outside of God's grace. If you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit living in your heart, there's no reason you can't do this tonight because God enables you to do what he calls you to. But the principle's the same. So if you know kids at school and you're watching them fight with their parents, if they will just turn to this biblical principle and do this because it's right, it'll change their home. But you're enabled to do it by God's grace. A child's obedience to parents is a direct reflection of their disobedience to God. So if they're going to be disobedient to their parents, they're going to be disobedient to God. Get that. Again, if you're going to live it in the home, you'll live it outside the home. God's whole goal here, you guys, as I get into this tonight, I want you to realize I'm not talking to you tonight because of where you sit in your chairs. I'm talking to you tonight so when you're, when you're an adult and you're married, man, look at me. When you're married, someday, God's going to command you to love your wife. And there's going to be times you're not going to want to because she's not lovable. But God doesn't care. God commands you to love your wife. Ladies, there's going to be times when God commands you to respect your husband. And most men, if I was just to be honest, aren't that respectable. But it doesn't matter. Because God commands you, respect your husband, right? And you better do it even if he's not respectable. Because God commands it. So get this. Please hear what I'm saying. If you don't do this... When you're our age, you're not going to do that because you've not learned to submit to God's commands. You've not learned to submit to what God sees as best for your home. So I want you guys to get this is a long-term message that I want you guys to get your arms around. But disobedience to your parents is a direct reflection of disobedience to God. Disobedience to parents is rebellion. Now listen, this is... I put some scripture down here tonight because I want you guys to see the temperament in which God goes about this idea. Disobedience to parents is rebellion against God. Turn to this side of your page to the scripture because I don't normally leave scripture on here, but I'm using my scripture references tonight. Romans 1, 28 through 32. We'll probably go 28 and 29 tonight the way it looks are 30. I'm going to read this. Furthermore, now Romans 1, chapter 1 is a very hard chapter. There's a lot in chapter 1 of Romans that should scare us to death. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, stop. So if they didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, that means they had the knowledge of God, but they let it go. You understand? These people knew God, but they did not retain the knowledge of God. They let it go. So God gave them over to a depraved mind. So that they do what they, not, they, what they ought not to do. They become filled with every kind of wickedness. Evil, greed, depravity. 
They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent, way, they invent ways of doing evil. Watch this. And they disobey their parents. You see the list of things that God's got here? And God had Paul write in here, and they disobey their parents? They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. Disobedience to your parents equals disobedience and rebellion to God. He takes us very serious, you guys. Why should he? Because if, you, if we do it his way, he gives us the grace to do it. He's not just telling you to go do it. He enables you to do it. Second Timothy says this. <clears throat> you should know this, Timothy. Paul writing to Timothy now. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there would be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves. Sound familiar in today's world? People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God and disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. This is, very, this is a very serious topic, you guys, with God because he takes this very seriously. So here's a question I've got in that last word, ungrateful. Here's what I would ask you guys to think about. Are you grateful for what your parents are doing for you? I'm not asking you if you like them or agree with them. Are you grateful for what they're doing for you? They're working jobs every day out in the world to provide you a home, provide you food, provide you the ability to go to school, giving you all these things. Are you grateful for that? I hope so. Here's the next question I got for you. Listen, I'm a dad. Been a dad for a long time. And if you're grateful, when's the last time you just told your mom and dad thank you? I just want to give them a hug and say, I, I love you guys, thank you. For what? You want to freak them out? Go home tonight and tell them thank you. Just for everything that they do. For everything they provide you. They'll be like, what do you want? I would have been like, all right, what's up? What'd you do wrong? I know you're thanking me because you're, you're buttering me up for something bad. I know you are, but just go home tonight. Think about it, you guys. Are you grateful for what your parents are providing you? How did you get here tonight? With a car. Who taught you how to work? Your mom and dad, they're taking good care of you. They're providing a lifestyle for you. So are you grateful and have you told them thank you? When both parents and kids love God, both will seek to obey and please him. That's what I want you guys to get. If you really seek God with all of your heart, you'll do this, no matter what your parents are doing. Because if you notice this on this point, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, if they're, if they're worthy of it, if they're worth it. If they're being nice to you and giving you stuff you want, then obey them. But if not, you don't have to worry about it. It doesn't say that, does it? It says obey your parents. It doesn't say if they're kind and if they're good and if they're good parents. It says obey your parents. Now, here's the other point that I want to cover, and this is kind of in this, this student sent me another question. I'm going to touch on it just briefly tonight. What about a toxic household? How do you live in that environment? Listen to me, you guys. You guys know my story. If somebody would have told me I had to obey my dad, I'd have told you, no. I'd have thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because my dad was not respectful. He was a very hard man to live with, physically and mentally abusive, drank all the time. It was horrible. I didn't want to obey my dad. Because I didn't think he was worthy of me obeying him. But I didn't know this. I didn't understand all this. So what do you do about a toxic household? Do you believe what Jesus says is good for you? 
Do you really believe? Think about this now. Do you really believe what Jesus says is good for you? Because if you do, he tells you what to do with the toxic household. Because if you're in a toxic household, that means your parents are basically your enemy. And he tells us in Matthew 5, what to do. Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So if you're in a toxic relationship at home in this, in this room tonight, I want you to know what to do with it. You pray for them. You genuinely go before God and you pray for your parents. Moms, dads, I don't care where they're at and what they're doing. Pray for them. They need it. Listen to me, you guys. I'm a dad and I need my kids. I need to know that my kids love me and they're praying for me and they care for me. That's, that's what builds me up. And keeps me going. I need that. I know every parent in this room does. I know Clint, when he goes home and W and AC give him a hug, that's like puffing him up with air that he can get through the rest of the day because it's such an encouragement, isn't it? It's, and it doesn't matter, does it, Lori? doesn't matter what age it is, does it? They can be in their, th my daughter's going to be 32 this year. And I need to know my daughter still loves me. And I need that relationship. I need to know she appreciates me. That's what gets me going. But in toxic relationships at home, you do what Jesus says to do with your enemies and those who persecute you. You pray for them. And here's why you pray for them. Because it helps you. I'm not a Christian because of my situation or my circumstance. I'm a Christian because of Christ. And if I pray, I'll share this. And I was going to share this in a minute, but let me share it this way. When I, you guys ever heard me talk about forgiving my dad. When I started praying for my dad is when I was able to forgive him. You know why? My dad never changed. I did. When I started praying for him, God, God's speaking to my dad on the other end of the conversation. I know he is. But what God is doing is prayer changes me. Prayer helps me to deal with the situation that I'm going through by God's grace to God's glory, even if it doesn't change. You may be in this room and it may be toxic relationship until you graduate and go off to college. I don't know the answer to that, but I know what Jesus tells us to do. And he tells us to pray for those who persecute us. So other than extreme cases where there's unbiblical demands put on you. In other words, fellas, if you get home tonight and your dad says, hey, I want you to click on the site and look at pornography. Are you going to obey your dad? No, that's nuts, isn't it? That's an unbiblical demand that doesn't do you any good before God. And if you're, I won't even share that. You guys, if you, I wish you knew my childhood. If you get an unbiblical demand, that is not something God wants you to obey. But I don't want you to take advantage of that either. Because there's times you'll think like, well, God doesn't want me to do that. So I don't have to listen to my dad. No, you're being a sarcastic little brat if you do that. Because you're taking advantage of what God is teaching you. Whether you're a guy or a gal. Obeying your parents is a part, in part, is how we honor them. I honor my mom and dad by doing what they say. I watch a show called Blue Bloods on television. And it dawned me, I was watching a couple years back, it dawned on me, I'm sitting in my chair in my recliner, and I just started, I'm watching the show, and I just started bawling. I just started crying. And it was tears of joy. And my wife looks at me like, I do that a lot, in case you're wondering. Somebody told me that's ice melting around my heart. I must have had a lot of ice around my heart. My wife looks at me and goes, what's wrong? And I said, that, it was right, it wasn't wrong. On that show, I watched a son honor his dad because he did what his dad said to do. And I called my youngest son on the phone and I said, thank you. He goes, "What? now what? <laughs> I said, thank you for just honoring me and doing what I recommended for you to do when you were young. 
That's how he honored me was by obeying me. Does that make sense to you guys? That's, you guys got to understand, oh my gosh, you guys, I can't wait till you're old like I am. I hope I'm around that you guys can come back and tell me, you were right, this parenting thing is hard. And my kids think I've lost my mind. I know I thought my parents did. And my kids thought I had lost my mind until they were about 23. And then they get their mind back and they go, maybe dad wasn't so dumb after all. The second point is this. Parents are to be honored. Again, you honor them by obeying them. But I want to play a video clip real quick from a movie called Facing the Giants. <clears throat> if you've seen this movie, I want to put it into context just a little bit. This young man named Matt and his dad hate each other. They don't like each other at all. they got a really bad relationship. Matt goes to, I think that's his name, he goes to a Christian school, and he's not a Christian. At this point in the movie, he's not a believer, but it's a Christian school that he goes to. And he's, in, in scenes earlier than this, him and his dad are having it out. For instance, one time his dad comes up after football practice, he says, hey, Matt, you're coming with me, let's go home. And he goes, no, Dad, I'm not going. He says, Matt, get in the truck. No, Dad, in front of everybody, disrespecting his dad, not honoring him. No, Dad, I'm not going. I'm going to what's-his-face's house. And his dad goes one way, and Matt goes another way. That's the context in which this video will be played. Corey, if you play that first video for us, I'd appreciate it. Watch the attitude that Matt has in this video. So in that, you see Matt having a bad attitude with his dad. He's not honoring his dad. And like the coach tells him, it doesn't matter whether you like him or not. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters that you honor him because that's what Scripture says. Now, if Matt would have lived out this principle as a non-believer, it still would have been better for him. But listen, as a believer, we, God gives me the ability to honor my dad. Here's how I honored my dad when, I was, a, when I, was a, I was an adult. I was probably 40 years old when this took place. And I still did not respect my dad. I did not honor my dad. I had forgiven my dad, but not understanding that this Scripture still held to me because he's my dad and I'm his child doesn't matter the age, okay? But what God told me was, he says, I want you to stop on Sundays, every other Sunday, and do Bible studies with your dad. And I said, no. You guys, some of you guys know this story. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I literally, out loud, when God laid it on my heart, I'm like, no. I'm driving down the highway heading for Montana to get my kids. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And for about two weeks, I fought with God on this. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. And finally, as a young Christian, I finally learned that it's just better not to argue with God and not negotiate with him because I'm going to lose. And eventually I said, okay, I will. And I stopped by my dad's house, long story short, because I thought there's no way my dad's going to do this with me because we didn't even like each other. We might have loved each other, I guess, because I'm his son and he's my dad, but that was way out of the realm. But I stopped by and dad said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So long story short, because I honored my dad by stopping by and being obedient to my father, you picking up what I'm laying down? Being obedient to God, I went by and honored my dad, and on my dad's deathbed, because over a couple years, he gave his life to Christ right before he died. Now think about this, you guys. If I had not done that, I don't know, maybe God could have got to him another way, but I wouldn't have played a part in it. Think what I'd have missed out on. That's the joy of my heart, to know that I had just a small part of my dad coming to know the Lord because of my obedience to honor him when he wasn't honorable, and I respected him when he wasn't respectable. My dad hadn't changed. He was still the same guy, but I had changed. And I'll get that point across here in just a minute, hopefully. So to obey your parents means to do what you're told. Listen to this next part, when you're told. Do what you're told when you're told. If you're sick and tired of your parents nagging you, do what you're told when you're told, and they won't nag you for not doing what they tell you to do. You understand? 
It's crazy, isn't it? If I do what I'm told the first time, then I don't get nagged for not doing what I was told to do. <laughs> it's not that hard, is it? Right? Do what you're told when you're told to do it. Why? Because it honors God. To re- to, to re- if you want to be respected by your parents, be respectful. Not because they're respectful. Not because they're respected. Be respectful. If you want respect, you be respectful first. How do we show them respect? This is a real important one, you guys. How do we show them respect as we care for them as long as they need us and we seek honor and glory and respect for them no matter what age they're at? Because this idea, this, this children to honor their parents, this Exodus scripture where it says, Honor the father, honor thy father and my, my, thy mother because it will give you a long life, full life in the land that God has given you. That idea of honoring your mother, father and mother has a blessing to it. And that blessing is this, you'll live a long, healthy life. Watch this, real quick. Back in the day when Exodus 20 was written, do you know what they would do with children that were disobedient? Think about, this, think about what this says. It says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live long, live a long, full life in the land that the Lord has given, your God has given you. In the Levitical law in those days, you know what they did with disobedient kids? No lie, it's in Leviticus. They took them outside the city gate and stoned them to death. A little different than a spanking, ain't it? A little different than a timeout. <laughs> Go in the corner. It's a timeout. No, they take them outside the city gate and stone them. Can I just share a thought with you guys just real quick? Just a timeout side. This is the most beautiful picture, I think. The prodigal son, remember the story? He left his dad, took his money, left his dad, squandered in, in wild living, right? And when he's sitting in a pigsty eating pig slop, the prodigal son, he goes, oh, my, remember how good my dad was? So the prodigal son goes home, right? So the prodigal son left his father, went out and partied, and decided when he was broke, Change of heart, he came home. And it says the father ran out to meet him. L- Jewish men didn't run in those days. Very dishonorable to run. Number one, he, the dad ran out to meet his son. Now watch this. And right away they put the ring, the robe, and the sandals on him. And they had a party. Slaughtered the fatted calf because my son has returned. Think about Levitical law. Why did the dad run out to meet him so quickly and put all that back on him right away without anything being said? Because the dad knew the law. And if the law had been fulfilled, that son would have been stoned to death. But the father ran out to protect the son. You know what I see in that picture? Jesus Christ. When I come to him and I deserve death, he comes out and he wraps his arms around me and he takes that punishment for me. I just think that's a beautiful picture of that. But the Levitical law would have said stone them. Here's the deal, though. If we look at it, I think, biblically today, if we kind of run with this idea, and I'll get, I'm going to scooch through a couple of these. I think for me today, it's not length of life, but if I'm obedient to my parents, means I'm obedient to God, means I will live a Christian lifestyle and stay out of sin. If I'm disobedient to my parents and I become disobedient to God, I fall into a sinful lifestyle which sometimes can ruin my life not just spiritually but physically. So if you'll do this, it's a blessing that still lasts today that if you will stay out of sin because you're obedient to mom and dad, obey them, obey God, stay away from sin, you'll live a long life. And you know what long life you'll live? If you live that way, it's called eternity. Because you're right with God and you'll live forever with Him. 
That's what I see in that scripture for me personally. Children are to obey their parents while they're under their parents' care and be responsible for their parents and honor the parents for their whole life. If you're a senior in this room, I want you to hear me on this, okay? There's a difference when you leave high school as a senior and you go to college. But whose care are you still under? Your mom and dad. See, when you go out to college, you think you're on your own and you can do whatever you want. Who's paying your bills for you? Who's helping you with your tuition? Whose house do you come back to when there's breaks? It's your mom and dad's house. So you're still under your parents' care even though you're in college for a time. Does that make sense to you guys? Just because you're out of high school and you go to college doesn't mean, woo, nope, because you're still under your parents' care if you think about it right. Make sense to you guys? Last point is this. Parents are to be, are to be helpful. And here's what it says. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. I want to play one more clip real quick. Back up for just a second. I want to go back to Matt for just a second. And then I'll close and let you guys get to your small groups. <clears throat> Watch the story. Now, here's the context. Matt, there was a revival at the Christian school. Matt gives his life to Christ is what you're about to see. He had just given his life to Christ. Now watch the difference in Matt's attitude toward his dad after he gave his life to God. Watch the video. Matt changed. His dad was the same dad that was on him, riding him constantly. Matt changed. You picking up what I'm laying down? It's up to you guys, and I, I'm like Paul. I believe in young people. I believe you guys can change the temperament of your home. And the last thing I'll touch on is this, and i got two minutes to do it. Parents are to be helpful. They're never supposed to exasperate their kids to anger or provoke them to anger. A lot of parents do, and including myself, at times I did the same thing. At times I blew it when I was raising my kids. At times I exasperated my kids to anger because I would ride them too much and I would nag them too much about trying to be good. But I used to tell them, I can't let it go because I'm going to be held accountable before God for making sure that I raise you guys in a Christian way. I believe I'm going to stand before God someday and I'm going to give an account for what I did and didn't do with my kids. And I believe wholeheartedly in that, you guys. So I believe parents are not supposed to exasperate their kids to anger, especially dads, because dads are normally the temperamental ones. Dads are normally, not every time, the disciplinary ones in their house. But our job as fathers is not to provoke our kids to anger, but to speak kindly to them, not talk nasty to them. And it, it doesn't matter whether my kid is being rebellious or not, my job is not to provoke them to anger. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing for a dad that he's talking about here as it is for the kid. It doesn't matter what you do. It matters how I behave for before God. And it's not my job to torque you off to where you walk away from me and I make your life miserable, even if you're being a disobedient brat. It's my job to, by God's grace, to pray like crazy that God would help me understand how to be a better dad and help you come closer to God. I told my kids this when they were younger. I said, you want me to get off you? You want me to leave you alone? You want me to just give you a break? Follow God. Because I know if you're walking with God, I don't have to press on you so much. So if you got your parents writing you, walk with God. It'll change everything because your mom and dad will be able to take the pressure off of you if you'll do that. Because that's one thing I told my kids. You want me to go off you? Walk with God and I'll leave you be. I didn't get it perfect. I blew it more than I got it right. But my intent, my desire was to do it God's way. Is your desire tonight to do it God's way? Is your desire to obey your parents, 
honor and respect your mom and dad, and that way they may not exasperate you to a point of making you angry all the time. It's a two-way street. I don't have time to get into the rest of it. Read the scriptures. Break this down in your small groups, and we'll come back here in a few minutes and close. Okay, everybody, let's get this thing wrapped up. Corey, would you bring up that last slide for me, please? Here's the deal. Pay attention to the slide, and we'll close with prayer. Here's the deal. Being a child's not easy. It's hard to be you guys. God's given me the ability to remember what it's like to be your age, but it's not, it's not easy being a parent either. Being a parent's hard. I used to tell my kids, I'm a dad for the first time today. Leave me alone and give me a break. I've never been a dad. I was a dad yesterday, but for today, for the very first time today, I'm a dad. I don't know what I'm doing. You're, you're, you're flying by the seat of your britches when you're a parent, to be honest with you, because you don't know what you guys are going to bring to our world that we got to deal with. So remember, I hope you guys got to the last question on the list. Was, so what can you do to honor your parents this week? I hope you got to that, and if you didn't, I will ask that to you anyway. What can you do to honor your parents this week? And I left that to the leaders, too, because if our parents are still alive, I want to honor my mom. My dad died in 2003, but my mom's still alive, and I want to honor her. So this week, here's what I want you to do. Whatever you decided or whatever you decide, I want you to honor your mom and dad, but I want you to do the right thing for the right reason. You do it because it honors God. And if it honors God, God will give you the grace to do what he's laid on your heart to do for your parents. I feel like I was a pretty decent dad, but most of the time I blew it. I would always tell my kids, I said, I'm laying standards on you that are hard, and I, but I don't want to put you in a position where you're going to lie to me. When I asked my kids not to date until they were 16 years old, I said, listen, I know this is hard, you guys, so here's what I want you to do for me. This was part of not exasperating my kids or provoking them to anger for me and my wife, Rachel. We would tell our kids, we want you to stay away from dating until you're older. For me, it was never an age. It's a maturity thing for a kid. For a person to be mature enough to date, that's when you're old enough to date because I think it makes a difference. But I would tell them, listen, I don't want to put you in a position to make you lie to me. So if you feel like you're going to go do it anyway behind my back, before you do it, I want you to come talk to me. And we'll reason this out together. That's being a good dad, in my opinion. That's being a good mom, in my opinion. Now, did it go the way they wanted it to every time? No. But did I also compromise at times? Yes. And when my kids would lie to me, I would tell them this. And it would break their heart when they would lie to Rachel and I, because they didn't want to. And when they would lie to me, I would tell them this. You can't love me enough not to lie to me. There's no way you can love me enough not to lie to me, because I know my kids love me. But they could not love me enough to not lie to me. But I would tell them this. If you love God enough, he'll help you not lie to me. Because he'll give you the grace to do it the right way. But we've got to submit to God. So here's the question. Being a child's not easier, but neither is being a parent. So give each other a stinking break, will you? Get off each other's back and give each other a break. But watch this. I don't know if you guys picked up what I had there at the end. Someone has to go first. If you're dealing with issues in your home, it's your moms and dad, who's going to be first? I believe in students in ways that you guys don't even imagine. But I think if you go first, it'll change everything in the attitude of your home. But remember, you go first, you do the right thing for the right reason. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. We love you and praise you. Thank you for your truth, Lord. This is hard. I, I, I'm, I don't know that I could have done this as a kid, Lord, to be very honest with you. You, knew how I grew, you know how I grew up. You know the situations that we were in as kids and the situations we as kids put our parents in, my mom and dad. But, Lord, I know this. 
this means a lot to you because you, you built the family structure here and Satan does nothing besides try to damage it and tear it apart. So this means something to you, God, and I know by your grace if we'll just follow this pattern, if students and children will obey their parents because it's right and it's the right thing to do before you. But if, if dads, if they'll honor their father and mother, but if parents will not provoke their children to anger, if we get this rhythm, if we submit to you in this and we live for you, man, Lord, our, our homes will be so blessed. People will wonder why. How are you doing this? And then we can give them a reason for the hope that lies within us. It's because we serve Christ. It's like Joshua said so long ago, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Help us to do that by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.